0: Come me to your
1: Today I thought I would sit down with everyone, do a little Q&A. Basically for my podcast, The Bedpost Podcast, I realized that I didn't have anyone this week. And so you gotta get creative, don't you? (laughs) So for this episode of The Bedpost Podcast, I wanted to go on my Instagram live I've already fished for some questions, so I do have a list of questions if people don't actually want to, you know, ask them live. Bedpost rules. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. I also rarely do this, so I am hoping that people might get excited to ask me a question or might be excited to tune in. If so, please ask some questions in the chat. Keep me busy. I'm going to be here a whole bloody hour. Ooh, I already have a question. Love it. So the question is, is a multi-dominatrix session possible with you? Most certainly. There are a couple ways you can do this. You can book one of the ritual chamber doms. There are uh, six of us in total currently, or seven I think actually, somebody just started. So you could book a duo, you could book three or four, as many as you like. It's going to get expensive, I will warn you of that. (laughs) That shouldn't be a surprise though. Um, So you can hire one of the other ritual chamber doms alongside me. Or you can hire in from outside, but there's an extra fee for that. So I have done both uh, duos and trios with uh, other Ritual Chamber doms. And I've also done duos with uh, full-service sex workers that come in, have been hired in from outside of Ritual Chamber. And um, other doms as well that have been hired in from outside of Ritual Chamber. So lots of options for you. I think Paul asked me a question about the paintings that are behind me, (laughs) but Paul knows I painted those paintings, so (laughs) I think he's just trying to get me to gloat about my artistic ability. Next question. The chat's on fire. Love it. Who is your favorite dominatrix to duo with outside of ritual chamber? Um, well, I do have, uh, I should really compile a list of people and kind of put it on my website. Uh, First and foremost, obviously, I would recommend any of the other uh, ritual chamber dominants. However, if I had to go outside, I mean, my go to people are Zoe Bell, who is a lovely full service switch. So she can be a dominant, she can be a submissive. And I like to have a switch as the third person, like myself, the client, and then a switch, because that kind of presents ourselves with some lovely little options of, you know, myself and the client can dominate them, or um, myself and the provider can dominate the client, and whatnot. So a lot more fun combinations when we do it that way. I will stick with my final answer, Zoe Bell. Anyone that's just tuning in, um, I'm taking questions. I'm doing a Q&A episode for my podcast, The Bedpost Podcast. So, you know, usually I'm really on top of booking guests and recording podcasts and editing the podcasts. So, um, you know, this week I, I, I didn't. I wasn't and I didn't. <laughs> so if anyone that is watching has any questions, type away. I would love to answer them. If we don't have questions from the chat, if there's a lull, I do have a list that I can refer to some other questions that I fished out of people. But I think we might do okay, because I've got another one already. It says, what's the most out there thing, whether that be weirdest or extreme thing a client has ever asked you to do during a session? the wildest weirdest most extreme thing well the thing about like those words is that they're all very they're very subjective aren't they something that's wild and weird and wonderful to one person may not be so to another so for me when you ask me that question i've seen i've kind of seen everything i've heard everything nothing really shocks me or surprises me or strikes me as weird even extreme like i a Tuesday afternoon for me is sticking someone with needles, um, you know, and drawing all over them uh, with their own blood. So like, that's not extreme for me. (laughs) But some of the people listening, perhaps that is considered an extreme kink. And that's totally fine. You know, it's very subjective. There are, of course, things I don't do in sessions. And those are just Not even hard limits of mine, but just things that I prefer to not to do professionally. So nothing stands out as being like a super weird request. There are very specific requests. And I think I more so come across those when people are trying to order custom videos from me. I have one in my head for sure about a custom request for a video. And this is somebody who wanted to send me two weighted Metal ball bearings, and they wanted me to get my big toe caught in them and shoot a custom video of me like being in distress that I had these big, heavy metal balls stuck on my big toes. So, you know, that's that's kind of unique. That was one I hadn't heard before. I was still slightly game, except um, I said, Yeah, sure, I think I'd be willing to humor this request. And the next email he he sent me was just pages upon pages upon pages of script. So believe it or not, it was that that turned me off of that video, rather than this uh, premise of these weighted metal balls being stuck on my big toes. I was game for that. (laughs) What I'm not game for is memorizing six pages of script. (laughs) So I have another question in the chat here. And it says... In Tease and Denial play, is nudity on the Dom's part fun for you? That's actually a really good question. Thank you for that. I am going to say I'm not really a fan of uh, nudity as part of Tease and Denial. I think there are a lot of other ways to do Tease and Denial. And the thing with... um. Nudity when you're in a dominant space is that it kind of throws off the narrative for me. In that, I'm the subject of a scene, I'm the subject of the story, and the client, the submissive, is the object. Like, I'm not the sexual object in this scenario. It's femdom. We're here for me, my wants, needs, and desires, and that's the client right? Like that's the kind of flipping the narrative on its head. If I was the sexual object in a scene, that wouldn't be very subversive, would it? Because that's what happens everywhere. Women are objectified walking down the goddamn street. So what we do in femdom sessions is actually the opposite of that. The submissives are the sexual objects. And I'm going to tease and deny the hell out of you because it's fun for me and it's sexy for me and interesting for me. And that right there is a part of why nudity wouldn't necessarily be involved for me because that's what I'm thinking in those moments. Um, Not that I'm against doms getting nude. I'm kind of a nudist myself. So if it's kind of a comfort thing, um, then I'm going to for sure wear less clothes. Um, I also sell nudes and stuff. I'm absolutely not mad at doms that like to be nude, but specifically in a tease and denial setting, I would say no because it doesn't make sense for me for their reasons. I just explained. So I have another question here. What's your rule on coming during a session? Is that cool or not cool? That's kind of a question that I need to actually be in a bit of a gray area about. Yeah, I don't know if I can (laughs) completely say what happens as far as that goes in a session let's just say i'll say this i really like denial (laughs) so i think i think more often than not i'll send you home hot and bothered that's what i prefer we have another oh just a comment hello lady pym from kansas all the way from kansas why hello scrolling down for another question What's the most elaborate thing or scenario that you've ever done during a session? Elaborate scenario? Elaborate. The thing with me in sessions is I'm, um, I'm an improviser. I rarely plan things. And I really like to just follow my instincts in the moment. And um, planning kind of goes against that. Um, So I've never planned a really elaborate scene. However, I have had a client come in with an elaborate premise, uh, which I think was the question anyway. But I have had someone come in, and I mean, the first one that comes to my head is they were being interviewed. Um, They had written a really misogynistic book, and I was actually interviewing them like they were on my podcast we were doing a pre-interview and in the pre-interview I'm realizing that this book is really misogynist and then that this guy is actually a real douchebag so (laughs) you know I kind of interrogate him um, I kind of do some mind fuckery with him and then (laughs) uh, once you know all is said and done, I just kind of beat the misogyny out of him. And I make him cry uh, and and regret everything, regret all his life choices. (laughs) But what was elaborate about that is he in this this narrative story was supposed to have written a misogynistic book and that I was interviewing him about. But what this lovely client actually did was print out like type, he typed out a table of contents. He named each chapter. um, And I just thought it was the most impressive thing so that I actually had that sheet of paper to interview him about his book. And I could grill him about the title of each of his chapters. I just thought that was brilliant. And as far as I am familiar with because I always just kind of improvise and rarely plan. Anybody that's even done that much planning is very impressive to me. So I really enjoyed that. And it's a very memorable session of mine. Scrolling down to, okay, what's your favorite kind of session to do with a client? Um, I'm going to say role play. I la, 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 love role play. <laughs> oh, it's just so fun, isn't it? And again, I can use those kind of improvising muscles. Um, I love getting into a character and kind of finding where the story goes. And I also just love uh, dominant archetypes. Like I love the teacher role. I love the doctor role. I love the captor role. And I also love the caregiver role, like a mommy or a daddy type or a non-binary kind of caregiver role. Yeah, when I think back of like my most memorable sessions and some of my favorite scenes I've done professionally, they all involve role play of some sort. It's just... It's just fun. I love to laugh in a scene. I love to have fun. You know, it's play. It's adult play. So for me, role play is where it's at. Another, oh, this is just a comment. Okay, so I know this person on Twitter, and they say you're simply simply absolutely amazing. (laughs) That's very sweet of you. Thank you. Okay, scrolling down. But having trouble because I have long nails. Okay, the next question in the chat is, would you ever consider a full-time submissive? And would you brand a boy? <laughs> would I brand a boy? Brand a boy! Um, <laughs> I just peaked my mic big time by yelling brand a boy. Um, a full-time submissive. Uh, I, here's the thing with that is that I do have several LDR submissives, ongoing professional submissives. I've, I have a handful of those lovely boys. No, they're not branded, but, um, I do have a lot of ongoing dynamics with clients. So I don't have one currently like an in-person full-time submissive person. Uh, For one, I have several partners and I cohabitate with one of them. So that's not something that I could have like a live-in full-time submissive. That's not really something I crave nor could do with my current situation. Um, But I mean... If we're talking about somebody that didn't cohabitate with me, oh my God, of course. I would love to have someone close by that could just run my errands and be a lovely little service sub and be a little assistant for me. That would just be lovely. And then, you know, in payment, I could just um, have my way with them. Who would say no to that? Who wouldn't like that? <laughs> However, when people do ask me, You know, when people I don't know just approach me out of nowhere and they're like, can I be your 24-7 sub-mistress? I'm like, no, of course not. I don't know you. Do you have any idea the time, energy, commitment of having a full-time submissive? Um, Well, if you don't, I'll tell you, it's a lot, so I gotta like you. So to come out with that request just out of the blue, it just shows, uh, to me, it shows your inexperience in um, DS dynamics, and specifically professional dynamics, and then also specifically long-term dynamics. So somebody who's very inexperienced in that way, who doesn't even understand uh, the vast time and energy commitment... Uh, that that would be for the dominant. Uh, I, I, I would have to say a no right there. So I have a couple more questions. What is your favorite part of doing this for a living? See, that's a nice positive question. Some people ask, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you professionally? (laughs) <laughs> so I like to get the question, what's the greatest thing? <laughs> you know? So what is your favorite part of doing this for a living? Um, my favorite part of doing this for a living, I'm a big sadist, so making people suffer is just joyful for me. It's just absolutely lovely. I love to see people squirm and be all uncomfortable and cute and blushy. Um, <laughs> I also just like being a part of people's kinky journeys. You know, the feedback that I can get after a session, it's some, it's very impactful for the submissive sometimes. And that's very important to me that I feel like I'm, you know, helping them find out something new about themselves or discover something new, um, or just doing, do something really nice for them. So yeah, helping people, I guess, is part of it. And then hurting people, um, right alongside. (laughs) I'm a mad woman. Oh, here's the question. How can I be? Okay, it doesn't say 24 seven, thank God. But the question is, how can I be a professional submissive for you? Very easy. Follow the link in my bio and book a session. It really isn't more complicated than that. Follow my booking link and book me. There you have it. And if we like each other, then book again. And then book again the next month. And voila, you're a regular of mine. (laughs) That's literally it. I'm not accepting any, like, ongoing dynamics professionally right now um, because I'm back to in-person work and it is more than a full-time job, let me tell you. But you can certainly come and do a scene with me in the Ritual Chamber Dungeon. Um, a question is, have you used a composite paddle? If not, would you like one? Yeah, friend. Sure. Yeah. Send it over. Hook me up. Uh, next question. <laughs> How would you recommend that someone learn what it is like to be 24 seven sub before asking if they can be your 24 seven sub? How can they learn what it is like? I think before learning what it is like, it's important that you need to know the dominant. So if somebody asked me that question, and they are maybe perhaps ignorant of the time energy commitment, and they don't know where to start, if I was to give advice, if someone asked me to be their 24-7, they want to be my 24-7 sub, I would say, okay, let's start with the session. (laughs) That's my advice. I'd be like, great, book me once uh, so we can meet each other, see if we like each other, see if we like playing together. Um, And then from there, we can go ahead. Uh, Because that's what it's about. It's not just about being a 24-7 sub. It's about being a 24-7 sub for a particular person. Like, are you just going to do this big time and energy commitment for anyone? No, it's all about the person that you're connecting with. So I would say the first step, if that is truly your dream and your fantasy and all that, uh, the first step is you need to find a dom that you really connect with. And you can't do that unless you book the dom, if they're a professional, you know, or buy their custom content, something like that. Or if they're a lifestyle dom, then, you know, playing with them, doing a scene with them. You cannot possibly be able to go into a 24-7 dynamic without even playing with them. So play with them. That's my, that's what I'll recommend. And then the rest will fall together. Because you play with them once, say you really like each other, okay, you play with them again. And then... The more you play together, the more you find out about each other, the more you know, you know, what role you're going to play in each other's lives, you're going to be able to learn, you know, where the ways you submit fit in with the ways they like to dominate. And that happens over time. That's not a thing that happens just like you ask and somebody's going to be like, yes, please. If they say yes, right away, it's probably catfish. I'll say that much. Okay, scrolling, scrolling. Are scenes for Ritual Chamber recorded? No, they're not. Um, If you want to take pictures, like want me to take pictures during a scene, I can do that. I can take a couple pictures on my phone. And for me, I don't charge anything on top of that. Um, If you want the full scene recorded, like video recorded, then... Um, I would say yes, depending on what type of scene it is, uh, but there would for sure be a fee on top of that. So somebody is saying, okay, yes, I will. I build furniture, spreader bars and paddles and a few other things I will send you one. Please do email me. Um, my email is in my bio, uh, about that. We can figure it out. Okay, another question here in the chat. For ball kicking, we're getting right into this, aren't we? Do you prefer tied up victim or that he can fall down? <laughs> <laughs> both amuse me. Uh, <laughs> both the prospects amuse me. As someone who is just kicking balls just earlier today, um, I like I like tied up. I think falling down is funny. Maybe I should do more falling down where they're just kind of free because that really amuses me to think of it. But my instinct is always to tie them up just so their hands out- are out of the way because they always try to like block, you know, they- <laughs> they're very misbehaved subs, clearly. Um, but yeah, I think maybe next time I do a ball kicking scene, I'm just going to leave them be standing there so that they can just completely fall down. I kind of like that. (laughs) Thanks for giving me the idea. (laughs) Okay, moving on. When it comes to subs, do you prefer male subs or female subs or non-binary? Or do you have no preference because you just like being a dom over someone? That's a good question. Um, I see folks of all genders, both in my personal life and um, professionally in session. I do always get excited when I have um, like a female booking me or someone who is non-binary or trans booking me because it's less, it's, it's more rare, right? The majority probably of the people that see me, unsurprisingly to everyone listening, I'm sure, are cis males, cis straight males. Um, but sometimes you get some, you get some gay guys and then, you know, you get, uh, queer folks, um, as well. So I think I just get more excited when it's someone who's not a cis male, just because it seems like a little treat. Cause it's something new, something fresh. I like to keep things a little <laughs> kind of surprising and exciting. Um, but I have, I, I really, I mean, I do, I like, I like men. I do. I like men. <laughs> might surprise some of you, me, me being a dominatrix and having just kicked some balls earlier today. But I like men. I also like all uh, other genders. I couldn't say I had a preference of a gender. I'm a pansexual person. I'm a um, panromantic person. I'm a polyamorous person. So I'm like, just everybody. Give me everybody, please. Uh, next question. Do you like abs punching? (laughs) I do. I used to have a regular client that liked, um, like stomping on his stomach and just liked a lot of stuff happening to his stomach. So that would include punching um, and like an elbow in the stomach, knee in the stomach, jumping directly on his stomach. So I most certainly do that. The thing about me as a top is that I'm very versatile I'm a generalist. I'm not a specialist. So I enjoy facilitating literally most kinks. So yes, abs punching is one of them. So, um, oh, the uh, ball kicking person said, I prefer the falling, but fear the tying. (laughs) See, both are good, right? (laughs) There's something appealing about both of those answers. Um, what is your most popular kind of session? I'm booked most for like a handful of things. Pegging, definitely. Pegging and anal play, prostate play. Foot stuff, anything foot stuff. I get booked for a lot. I am known for role play and people know that I think, so I do get booked for role play a lot. Impact play, definitely. I think we all kind of get booked for impact play. Um, yeah, again, I'm not, I'm a generalist. I'm not a specialist, so I have a variety of things, um, that people book me for, but yeah, I would say the top ones are foot stuff, pegging slash strap on play slash anal play, prostate play, role play. Did I forget anything? (laughs) If I did, so be it. Moving on. Uh, I'm definitely versatile. Someone says, how would you know? I'm just kidding. I know who you are. I see you. (laughs) Do you worship male feet or just have your feet worshiped? Um, when I'm working professionally, I just have my feet worshiped. So, um, Yes, I don't typically bottom or submit in my professional sessions. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. It's also like foot worshipped. I have my feet worshipped, but I also like to like dominate people with my feet. Like I like trampling and stomping and like gagging people and um, kicking people. Like I like doing all kinds of stuff with my feet. So worship is like one of the things. But yes, in all these scenarios, I would be the top and Dom doing that, but thank you for that question. Next question: I found out about you because of Ray's podcast, Sex News with Ray. Great shout out! I'm actually going to be back on that podcast as a part of an anniversary special or some some such thing like that. We're out, we're actually just organizing the dates, so I'll be back on that podcast really soon. Um, anyways, the next part of the question says, have you ever collabed with her on a session? And if not, have you thought about collabing with her on a session? Um, I love Ray, yes. And I 100% would. Um, I don't think she does. I know she does like a bit of FIndom and some like virtual domination services. But I don't believe to my knowledge, she does in person domination sessions. If she did, then sure, that would be a great option. But I don't believe she does. So um, we tend to collab on other kinds of fun things like podcasts uh, (laughs) and uh, her making me latex stuff. That's what we tend to connect on. (laughs) So that's good to know for the future of what you are talking about. The stomping (laughs) angel emoji book me for a stomping session everyone i really like i also wear these like big lovely platform boots like like a good a good boot it's not like a delicate heel type situation i like to wear a big heavy boot when i'm dominating people so um if you like to get stomped by big boots book book me (laughs) book me everybody Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Comeasyouare.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at comeasyouare.com. So just to um, catch up with people who are just coming in right now, this is going to be a podcast that I'm going to release tomorrow. Um, I'm just a little behind on podcasting, so I thought I would do an impromptu Q&A on the Instagram live stream. It's live, Instagram live, that's what they call it. And I'm taking questions. Uh, and then this is going to be put up on my podcast, the Bedpost Podcast. So if you have questions, feel free to type away in the chat. If no one's into asking me questions, I've got a whole other list of questions that I've accumulated. However, we're halfway there, and we're doing great. I haven't even had to look at that list once. So keep the questions coming in the chat, everybody. I love it. I really like interacting with you folks. I know I don't do Instagram Live often, but I really should, shouldn't I? Maybe I will. Okay. Another question coming in. How do you make someone feel comfortable if they're booking a dom session for the first time? Asking because I'm interested but slightly nervous about it. You know what? Somebody asked me what am I best known for? What do people come see me for? One of the things that I'm best known for is being great with people who are new to the kink. Or people who have, you know, only practiced solo kink and they've never had a chance to do their kink with a partner. Um, Those are situations that I really excel in. Um, I'm really warm and friendly and I make sure that uh, you get to know me a little bit before we launch into the scene. We sit down, we have a nice little chat, you know, we talk through what you would like to do in the scene and what you wouldn't. You get a chance to express, you know, if you have any fears, nerves surrounding the scene. Um, I don't mind a nervous sub. I think they're really cute. So I always try to reassure people that I like working with like a nervous energy that's fun for me and um, just that they're in a safe space. And I just assure them that, um, you know, I, I like to work with new people. So... That's something that I have a lot of patience for um, and that I really enjoy. And I think it's exciting. I like to, like, live vicariously through them. There are a lot of great things about uh, new people. So, yeah, I would encourage people to um, – I, I do have a blog post on the Ritual Chamber website that says, like, so, it's your first time seeing a professional dominatrix. I, I always kind of forward that article if people – don't even know where to start. Um, and they're just beside themselves nervous before the session. Um, but yeah, I would just, I would take that leap. Cause you know what? The biggest thing that happens when I do a professional session with someone who is new to kink and this is their first time is like, why didn't I do that years ago? You know what I mean? I've had this yeah. fantasy and I've never played with it with anyone. And like, why? <laughs> you know, it, and it, I, not to say it's easy, but oh, just take the leap, take the leap. You know what I mean? If you see me here and I'm talking and you, you think I sound nice and cool and someone you would like to do a scene with, book me, book me and find out. You know what I mean? Question. Okay. Will Vax passport be needed to book in Toronto? I don't know. I don't run ritual chamber, so I can't answer that definitively. Uh, Right now, we are doing mask mandatory sessions only. So that's both the client and myself is wearing a mask. But yeah, I don't know what will be happening going forward surrounding COVID. We're going to keep doing what we're doing for now. I can say that for sure. She hasn't given me any updates surrounding that. We should be having a staff meeting soon-ish. So I have a feeling that will for sure be something that we'll be talking about in the next staff meeting. And I will apprise everybody at that time. Oh, this is nice. I've seen Lady Pym and it was my first time with her. I was at ease right away when seeing her. That's a testimonial, people. Isn't it? Someone just says, We're, you're so cute, we love you. What? How cute are you? Um, Okay, I noticed that you don't have links for your guests in your podcast show notes. Is that a social network thing or just time management on my part? It will be, yeah, it's rarely in the, it's not in the show notes. Yeah, it's never been. What happens is I post on Instagram and on Twitter, and I tag them in the posts that I put on social media. So the links are always in the social media posts that are promoting each episode. But yeah, they're not um, in the show notes. If you're not following me on Instagram via like the podcast, I am at the Show on Instagram. So if you follow me there, and you look back in the posts every guest is tagged so you can follow them on Instagram. Next question. Do you have an Amazon wish list? If so, what kinds of things are on it? I don't have an Amazon wish list. I have a wish list of things that you can inquire about at my email. Uh, which is in the bio of my Instagram, it's ladypim at protonmail.com. If you ask for my wish list, I will send it along. It ranges from like, there's a lot of price range, you know, for people that have different budgets, but like the most expensive things are like, you know, probably from Northbound leather. And then there are like, There's clothing on there. There's like cheaper things like stockings and stuff like that. Um, There's sex toys on there. There's kink elements, implements and stuff like that on there as well. So give me an email if you're interested in seeing my wishlist. I have a habit of passing along. Ooh, latex Barbie. Hello. Hey, lady. Big fan. Oh, I'm a big fan of yours. Have you been meaning to say hey? Has been meaning to say hey for a long time. Uh, do you have any looks slash costumes planned for Halloween? Oh, my. How did you know I like Halloween? <laughs> I think all dominatrices really love Halloween. Um, You know what? Halloween's kind of sneaking up on me. I almost got booked at Oasis. They offered me Halloween to do some sort of kink demo, but I actually refused it, believe it or not. I just felt like it would be a little too crazy. And where I'm at with how comfortable I am in crowds surrounding COVID and being indoors with a lot of people... um, I was like, Halloween, I don't know, might be too busy for me. And also they offered me two other dates in October, which I did accept. So I was like, I don't need to work three times at Oasis doing kink demos in October. Um, I'll take two. And I so I actually left Halloween. out. But no, but that is something that I would for sure now that you've brought it up, I will for sure be thinking about I do have like some lovely go-to Halloween stuff that I just like to wear at work during the month of October. Like I have a cute little, um, actually has a little cute neck like this, but it's a bodysuit white and it has a big ghost on it just says boo. It's just kind of like a cute little bodysuit. So I, I like to wear that all through (laughs) October. I know that's not a great, like blow your mind costume thing. I remember I worked at Oasis, You know, whenever before pandemic during Halloween, and I did like a Jason look that I really loved, like a burlesque Jason look with a hockey mask, um, and just like ripped ass tights and a jean jacket. And like, I don't know, I was living, I liked it. (laughs) Thanks for your question, latex Barbie. Next question. How did you come to be a dom? As in, how did you get into this profession? Well, I have always kind of had a handful of sex work adjacent jobs. I'm a professional erotica writer. Um, I was in sex toy retail for a while. I do sex education and kink education. Um, I do things like do presentations at Oasis I did that long before I started doing professional domination Um, so I was doing like kink demos which is professional domination I got paid to dominate someone Um, but yeah I was doing a lot of different things in the industry Um, and you know it reached a point where I was like well let's just also do sex work let's just try that I think at the time I was doing a job that I wasn't in love with. And um, it seemed like the next step for me after all these like sex work adjacent type jobs I had done, it seemed like the next logical step. So I, um, I actually messaged the headmistress, or ritual chamber, who I knew already through my podcast, and she asked me to come on in and talk to her. That was about three years ago. And the rest is history. (laughs) I see some lovely people in the chat. Just letting people know that for this, I'm, I'm answering questions. So if anyone has any questions about kink, professional domination, me personally, ritual chamber... Um, the kink scene in Toronto, anything, really, I'm quite easy going, as you can see, just type away and I would love to answer your questions. I see a birthday boy in the chat. <laughs> um, someone says, that's what I love about you, Lady Pym, you are so down to earth. Ah. Yes, sadistic at the same time. (laughs) You're the most approachable person. Oh, why? Thank you. You know what? I think that's a part of um, why I'm good at this work, I think. Um, And it also says a lot about my approach to this type of work. You know what I mean? Like, I'm creating a safe space for people. So I'm not going to just start dominating you before you've consented to anything. I'm a sex educator consent goes first consent is sexy so um you know I like to think that most doms do that but I do know that a lot of doms don't which to me is very cringy and problematic um so I think you know a background in sex education and kink education is um something that is a real asset of mine I think I like to think. And also I host a podcast and I'm really good at just interviewing people. um, Especially when they're nervous. Some people come on my podcast and they're nervous as hell and they're just, they just like clam up. My job is to like get them to open up and feel comfortable. Um, Yeah. And I definitely do. I, I use all those same skills when I have someone come to the ritual chamber. It's their first time seeing a dominatrix. They're really nervous and we sit down and chat for 10 minutes first. I'm using the exact same skill set that I do, um, you know, when I'm interviewing someone. Thanks, that's a big help. Oh, I think that was about my wish list. I look forward to your request. I, I would love for my wish list stuff to get ticked off. That's the best. Um, a lovely person recently bought me something off my wish list. It was like a clit pump which I'm very excited. I haven't tried it yet, but I received it, and it's that easy. You ask for the wish list, I send it, you buy it, (laughs) it arrives. It's that easy. Um, Okay, another one in the chat here. I'm into abs punching and have really strong abs. Congratulations. How do I know you're going to have the strength to break down my abs? LOL. (laughs) LOL. Just you wait. Just you wait. I mean, I know I look small, but I'm mighty. Trust me. I've never had any complaints. Let me say that much. (laughs) I do have a a full-time submissive of mine um, who does constantly brat me by calling me delicate. Let me tell you, when I finally see him in person, he's going to fucking pay. (laughs) okay I have a question raise his hand why are you too cool for school thank you face (laughs) I'm not too cool for school I run the school okay Mr. Birthday Boy I'm the headmistress of the school I'm the principal (laughs) no disrespect are you trans no i'm not i'm cis i'm a cis woman but i love any trans people booking me that's the best i love trans people knowing that um, ritual chamber is a safe space for them and i am um a lovely safe person to do a kink with i saw a lovely trans person last week and it was a really, really fucking good session. I loved it. So yes, non-binary folks, book me. Trans people, book me. Everybody, book me. Any gender, any orientation. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Follow the link of my bio and book me. Uh, another question. Were you always considering the ritual chamber when you made the jump to being a professional dom? Or were you considering another place as well? Um... I was considering starting independent, actually. So it wasn't another place, but it was just kind of doing my own thing. Because I had a following from, uh, you know, as I mentioned, all the other sex work adjacent jobs that I had done. So I had a a lot of connections with people um, who, you know, might want to book me as a dominatrix. So I thought of maybe just renting a space. Um, There are lots of... um, you know, dungeons and Airbnbs uh, that providers use all over Toronto, but I kind of had a little behind-the-scenes knowledge about Ritual Chamber surrounding their staffing situation, and knowing what was happening uh, at the time, I knew there might be an opening, so I kind of jumped on that uh, because I already knew the head headmistress, as I mentioned, and I knew I knew people that worked there. And, um, yeah, I just got my foot right in that door. That's how we do. Everyone that's just joining, I am, uh, taking questions. This is going to eventually be an aired episode on my podcast. I didn't book a guest this week. I was busy. So I thought I'd come on the IG live, answer people's questions in the chat And then put it up on the pod. So if you have any questions, ask away. It's been a lot of fun so far. And we've got about 10 minutes left. So get your questions in real quick so I can answer them. Uh, Someone says, what's a clit pump? I can't say that I've heard of that before. It's exactly what it sounds like, um, really. If you have seen nipple pumps or uh, penis pumps or breast pumps, it's a clit pump, it goes around your clit, and then you pump it up. (laughs) It's really that, that easy. (laughs) And, you know, if you don't know about pumps, what they do is that they draw blood into that area. So that area is like engorged and sensitive, which is that that's what usually happens when you're aroused, your blood goes to your genitals, um, or your, you know, kind of erogenous zones. So That's what happens naturally when you get turned on. So it's just kind of accelerating and intensifying that process. A question says, what do you like most about getting your feet worshipped? That's a great question. Massage. Who doesn't like a foot massage? And especially if you're getting paid to get massaged. Am I right? I really don't like when um, people like, rush the massage part. I know they just want my feet in their mouth. I know that's the end game. (laughs) Or they want to smell them or be, you know, me, like, dominating them with my feet. But I'm like, let's not rush on this massage thing. Okay, shall we? Can we just take our time and actually give a good massage, not like a fake massage? You know, when someone (laughs) doesn't know how to give massages, and they're just kind of like, And you know, you know (laughs) that they're not taking it seriously. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Great idea. I don't know what that was considering. Sorry about it. I'm full of great ideas, though. Trust me. Uh, Another question in the chat. I love how there has been no leg on these questions. I had a whole thing prepared just in case no one was asking questions and I have not had to refer to it yet. So keep those questions coming. I don't want to even have to look at that paper, okay? Make it happen. Ask a question, even if you don't even care about the answer. It's for content, okay? I got to make a podcast episode here. Help me out. (laughs) Uh, So another question here says... Is there a kind of session that you have always wanted to do, but not had the chance to do yet? Hmm, that's a good one. I mean, I'm so lucky that like people book me for like a variety of reasons. And I really do get to do everything. I get to do so much, you know. So I'm not really feeling wanting in a lot of ways, especially where I'm like, as a dominant, like I really get to dominate so many cool things. Um, I think what I'm the one thing, it's not that I've never done it, and I want to do it. It's that I've done it a bit, and I want to do more. And that's needle play. I, um, I did some needles like maybe a month ago. But then I didn't do any for the whole pandemic. So it's been like, 2 years since I did a full needle session. Um the one that I did recently was just like a few little needles. But, like, needles in the uh, context of MedFet, of, like, medical play, is something I love. So, like, for me, if I'm thinking of a session, a scene that I really want to do, I'm like, okay, let's get in the medical room at Ritual Chamber. Let's do the doctor-patient role play. And let me just do a full back of needles. You know what I mean? That would be fun. And it would just be, like you know, a grounded kind of scene. I picture it just be kind of still and quiet um, and just like really focused on each other. That's what I'm craving. So not exactly the question that you asked, but Hey, I'm here to <laughs> entertain myself. <laughs> not you. No, I'm kidding. I'm here to create a podcast episode. That's what I'm here to do. So I- If I don't have an answer to the question, I'm going to tangent and make up (laughs) a response. Can we see your most sadistic smile? I mean, I think I've been doing it. All we need is like tented fingers and then like devil horns to just kind of. (laughs) That's it. It's my regular smile. I'm just a sadist. So anytime I smile, that's a sadistic smile. Any ideas for this year's Halloween costume? Ooh, someone asked, someone asked me about Halloween, and I didn't have an answer. I hope this year we can actually have some sort of Halloween. You know what I mean? And if we can... If we can... <laughs> I do have a really crazy alien costume. Uh, that I made for a burlesque number that I would love to just whip out (laughs) at a party it's like a burlesque alien it's a huge alien head which I made glitter glittered out and it's a full body green suit it's a traditional green alien but the alien does have pasties green pasties and does have a green uh bush and I do have a green g-string to put on top of the green bush it's lovely. So it, I'd be naked alien. <laughs> it's my final answer. And I'm sticking to it. Um, okay. Someone says, I love giving feet massages. So if I ever get the chance to worship your feet, you don't have to worry about me rushing over the massage part. It's what I like to hear. Love it. Um. Someone else asks, do you have any limitations? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, There are things that we don't do at Ritual Chamber just because we just don't. So there's some house limitations. Like for instance, we don't do wet and messy at Ritual Chamber. We just don't have the facility for it. So that's a limitation for the space. For myself, um, I don't have many. And I especially don't have many that the Ritual Chamber already doesn't have as like rules that we don't do at Ritual Chamber. So beyond that, I'm really versatile. I do almost anything, obviously. I think my main thing that I like to communicate to people is that I'm willing to do basically anything, as long as I remain in the dominant role. Um, So that is the limitation that I couldn't do like a role play where I'm um, not in the dominant role. We couldn't do a power dynamic where I'm not in the dominant role. I don't necessarily always need to be topping, like I can do doming, bottoming in some cases. But yeah, I really don't have a lot of um, limits. Okay, I see something very exciting here. (laughs) Paul has requested to be in the video. Paul, are you still here, I wonder? Let me view this. Paul, I'm bringing you on, baby. Get ready. Oh, maybe he's gone. I hope not. If he joins... Oh,
0: yeah! Oh, hello! <gasps> Hi!
1: Uh,
0: I'm good, how are you?
1: How's your arm, you poor thing?
0: Uh, the cast is off. <gasps> um, and I'm just building my mobile strength back again, so...
1: Did they give you some exercises and stuff for your arm?
0: Yeah, they gave me a sheet of paper and uh, with exercises on it. But yeah, they're pretty good. It's like, I guess you, when you have a cast on for a bit, you get like muscle atrophy, and then you it turns into a weak little mush little, you know, pencil thing. Yeah. Um, so that's what was going on. So now my my left arm is finally bigger than my right arm, <laughs> which, which was never the case in the past. So, yeah. But, but everything's good. Ribs are getting
1: better, too. Uh, oh, my goodness. You've been through it. For the people yeah. who are listening to this on the podcast after the fact, we have Paul Ayoshi in the house. Bedpost's very own photographer extraordinaire, Paul Ayoshi. And, and he's eating dinner. <laughs> Eat it sexfully, Paul. What are you eating? So I made
0: a, a spaghetti. Yeah. With um I, there's like um the green vegan ground beef, a couple tomatoes, mushrooms, uh, and spinach, an onion and a bunch of garlic in here. And yeah, just put it all in a big pot and brilliant. You know, just put it all together. Simple. Uh I have been able to cook <laughs> with my arm, so I'm just like building strength back to like lift up pants. So it's salt one pot stuff for me right now. But, uh
1: yeah. No, I hear you. I, I have broken um, my left wrist three times. Uh-huh. So I had it in a cast on three separate occasions. So I know oh, exactly boy, yeah. exactly where you're going through.
0: I, I'm hoping I'll, like, I can almost fully bend my arm back to normal. But
1: Good for you. It's
0: not, not straight yet. So hopefully it bends back to normal. But uh, that, I, that's my big worry. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, I'm sure it'll be fine. If you keep at it.
0: Yeah. I think everything's going to be okay. It's just take... It's mostly the ribs that are the worst.
1: I've also bruised my ribs. Did I tell you that? Uh, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I
0: don't remember, though.
1: I, um, was playing basketball, and... Oh, yeah. Did you remember this? And I, I... I, um, created a hard pick, and somebody just fucking... <laughs> Ran into me so hard, and, like, I got such a hard elbow in my ribs, right. and I badly bruised my whole rib cage.
0: That's someone we all
1: know. <laughs> no, actually, because we were playing with um, the Toronto Sport and Social Club, so that was one of the times that we were actually playing against um, someone we didn't know. But that, right. was, that was bad. I was fucked up. My ribs, like, lying down. I couldn't lie down. I feel for you.
0: Yeah, so I, I could yeah I could lie down I um I've been sleeping sitting up for the <laughs> past like four weeks but now now I'm starting to lie back down uh, so it's getting better but uh, uh, yeah so Good. I broke or I guess fractured my ribs like here in the front and like in the back as well oh my god um, so, so it was like hurting to like anytime I like um had like a burp or something it was just like yeah
1: or cough yeah i remember I coughing yeah, no.
0: sneezing sneezing yeah yeah that's still really bad the other stuff is kind of like fine now but when it comes to sneezing it still really hurts fuck uh, yeah <laughs> oh good oh good anyway i'm here for your uh, big bedpost uh, <laughs> thing
1: so thanks paul
0: Let's see if uh, anyone asks us uh, some crazy questions, and I'll do my best
1: to answer. Yeah, do I have any questions remaining here? I see my brother's
0: name there, so maybe. You do?
1: Oh, that's funny. Okay, so um, Paul, you're going to answer this um, next question, okay? Oh
0: yeah, from probably this Arby's that Arby's guy.
1: No. uh, (laughs) From Dwight Tyler's here. Um, Okay, Paul. So answer this question, okay? Is face-sitting slash smothering a reward or a punishment? Uh,
0: I guess guess it depends on the person. (laughs) If you have a bidet like me, then it's a reward.
1: (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. I want to know if there's any other questions here everybody i have been answering questions for my podcast today and you know what paul ioshi was around and he, <laughs> he requested to be in the video i accepted so please keep the questions coming and let <laughs> <laughs> because i would love to see paul fumble through
0: uh <laughs> questions
1: <laughs> about kink about sex, all of that. Yeah. Please, try and stump him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all my answers are mostly going to be, like, the same answers I've already asked her like, Eric or Lady Pym before. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just reiterating what
1: you're saying. That's because you're a good student. Here's a good one, Paul. Do you guys use the same dentist? Pearly White's like a toothbrush commercial.
0: Fun <laughs> fact, neither of us have been to the dentist. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Thanks, whoever that is.
0: Yeah. Oh, this or is, is a. This isn't my dentist.
1: <laughs> Might be. Yeah. Maybe they're reminding us. Yeah. Uh, this is actually a good question. Who inspires you? Question for both.
0: Who inspires me? Well, let's see. When, when I need like a good, I I, I watch the documentary called um, uh, "Life Life in Pictures" all the time, which is the Stanley Kubrick documentary. Yeah, yeah. And that, that that always gets me in the mood to like start filming and stuff and to
1: shoot and, and writing. So any kind of research on that that end. Um,
0: in terms of the, the sex stuff yeah uh, <laughs> uh, lady Pym would inspire me the most and and, uh, and, and Andrea were and her and her literature as well those, those are my two favorite people to hang around with and they're very And uh, both in, in writing too because um very encouraging like lady Pym. Uh, some erotic fiction out there, and she's very.
1: And we used to like write together
0: all the time. So very encouraging. And same with Andrea as well. And paint together. And paint. Oh, look at those
1: paintings. Oh, who did those? What <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> about you, Eric? Who inspires me? Mm. My mom is very inspiring to me.
0: Mm-mm.
1: How positive she is. And how she loves unconditionally.
0: I could, I see, I see that all the time. Every time when I hang out with you and your mom would call, it would be like you were you, you guys like were so in tune with each other in some ways. oh very, very, very loving to each other and very supportive. So I could, I can uh, test to that.
1: Aww, that's very sweet. All right.
0: And she's your, like your biggest fan too she, She's <laughs> and so she's funny She's <laughs> like oh boy My mom did that <laughs>
1: She's great And yeah that's I think that's the other part of it I think that's part might be part of loving unconditionally Like mm-hmm. She just wants me to be happy You know And she's going to yeah. be supportive No matter what I do mm-hmm. You know Oh, there's, this is specifically a question for Paul. <laughs> oh, I love this. If you were about to get kicked in the balls, would you prefer being tied up at the time or able to fall down afterwards?
0: Um, definitely able to fall down. I want to be able to hold my balls after this is what happened. I, growing up, you know, weirdly growing up as a kid, I kept getting hit in the balls a lot. Like I remember just like being out at recess and just walking around and suddenly someone would try to whip a ball at someone else and would hit me in the ball. I even went to went home from school like before school even started. Kids were playing outside, waiting for the bell and like playing like um, tag, you know, with the, uh, one of those those blue rubber balls for like and, and someone anyway Uh, Some guy tried to whip it at someone and he ran in between me and a group of friends and hit me right in the balls and uh, I was in a lot of pain and I went straight to the office and the principal was like, hmm, and he called my parents, they called my mom and my mom came to pick me up and I just remember him he's like, uh, he was hit and I didn't want to check around there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. definitely uh fall down and then go to the principal's office and then get taken home so no i don't want to be
1: tied up (laughs) because you'll be taken out of the room swiftly after yes oh my god you're so Uh, funny
0: yeah
1: oh another one another one just for paul (laughs) it says it's another ball related question i'm afraid Paul, how do you feel about getting your ball stepped on? Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, well, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> that, that, I don't think I. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't like that. My balls <sighs> um, are are hanging by a thread. So, by uh, a thread. Are you okay? Yeah, so, <laughs> no, I a lot of ball accidents. So, let's let's. Go easy
1: on the nose, Paul. for me. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> not, I'm serious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyone else have any more questions about Paul's balls? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, something's happening. Paul, oop, Paul's balls could be a Monty Python bit. Agree? mm mm-hmm. yeah. Paul, I take it in the same vein that you would not want them to be hit or flicked.
0: That is correct. Gently <laughs> uh, tucked away yeah. and, like, laid on, like, a pillow and with a little mint. And um, <laughs> this, this is quiet, some new music and nice. Tuck nice them in power. at night.
1: Yeah. All safe it's and secure. Cool. Yeah. Little tiny yeah. blanket. Are there googly eyes on them at this point? Uh,
0: <laughs> the, yes, but I, I need glasses because of all the accidents. <laughs> so. Oh, good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. So, we should be wrapping it up here. Where can we where can people find and follow you and find your films and all your good uh, shit?
0: You can uh honestly it's Paul Ioshi across the board. So if you look that up on any any uh social media, you could probably find me.
1: Great. For me, folks, um, I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter, at the Lady Pim on Instagram, where we're currently broadcasting live, baby. But I also have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. I have a YouTube page with funny comedians trying out sex toys. It's the Bedpost Show, and the lovely lady who does the original music for my podcast. You're not hearing it here on the IG live, obviously, but. You are for sure hearing it on the recorded version. That is Stephanie Copeland. You know Stephanie, don't you, Paul? I do. <laughs> I hey. recorded some guitar
0: on one of her pieces of music a long time. Ago.
1: There you have it. And you can find out the rest of her stuff at stephcopelandmusic.ca. Thanks, Paul. This is a really nice surprise.
0: Come over for dinner one day. Okay, I
1: would love that. I'm glad to hear that your cast is off and you're feeling a lot better. A lot more mobile.
0: Thank you, thank you, yes. I'll I'll be out to ride my bike again soon.
1: Yeah, sure. Good. Get right back on that horse, Paul. Thank you. Bye!
0: Bye!